Hello and welcome to the Emotion Lab. We're taking a deep dive into what makes the combination of immersive environments and emotion AI so exciting. Through interviews with experts across the fields of academia, healthcare and technology. And I'm your host, Graham Cox. So here we are, the first episode of Emotion Lab. I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Charles Naduka, who will be co-hosting the podcast with me going forwards. And also our first guest, Dr. James Samaru. Thanks, Graham. Excited to be here. Can't wait to get started. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, as you know, I'm here today to chat to you about yourselves and this podcast so that myself and all the other future listeners out there know you and have an idea of what we can all expect from the podcast in the next few weeks. And I've kindly been given the license to ask the questions this time around. So I think if it's okay with you guys, I'll go straight in. And I guess starting with yourself, Charles, um, can you tell us a bit about your story and what's led you here into doing this podcast? Thanks, James. Um, so I've got a slightly unusual story in that I'm a, a clinician by background. I'm a, a surgeon, and but I've always been tremendously fascinated by technology. Uh, I specialise in facial muscle disorders, uh, patients who have paralysis of the facial muscles. And uh, yes, we can do surgery for many patients, but some patients, the nerve is intact, the muscles work, but we can't get the patient to function correctly because the nerves are kind of miswired. And what we've been trying to do is find a way to measure facial muscle activity to provide feedback for patients to rehabilitate themselves. Part of that journey was to uh, try to develop some technology to measure facial muscle activity. And through some research I've been doing, uh, happened on the idea of thinking, well, could we develop something that patients could use themselves at home to perform a form of self-guided therapy? Uh, and, and that's where I, I met Graham. Awesome. And so, Charles, obviously you're, I guess... Forgive me for, for perhaps skipping over how humble you are, but a world-renowned plastic surgeon. You've done an incredible amount of research in this space and obviously published so many articles and, and books. And you're even an experienced entrepreneur yourself as well. So I guess it'd be great if to hear from you a bit more about your work as a clinician and, and what you do there. And yeah, perhaps a bit about your foray into entrepreneurship too. So, so I've got, at, at the core of it, I, I believe that communication is, is the core of, of human interaction. It's what, what makes us special as humans. Our ability to cooperate is uh, fundamental to that. And when people have uh, a cause to minimize their ability to communicate or interact, then that will cause tremendous harm to them. Uh, for some patients, it's due to facial deformity, disfigurement, accidents, or birth defects. And Plastic surgery, in a way, is, is a form of communication technology to allow a person to feel confident enough to go out into the world. Oh, wow. um, so, and I, and I, I was inspired to, to become a plastic surgeon from a documentary I saw about a little boy who had this uh, terrible uh, defect in his face, and, and he was abandoned by his parents, actually, into a, an orphanage. Uh, a surgeon adopted him and, over the course of many years, reconstructed his face, and uh, it, it was amazing. Um, and, and that, uh, I saw that when I was about 15, and I thought, well, that, that's, that's pretty cool. I'd like to do that. Wow. Um, so I specialized in facial palsy because um, it, it causes tremendous social, functional, and psychological impacts on, on patients. And um, it, yeah, that's kind of the core of what I do. Uh, in terms of technology, yes, I've always been into gadgets. And, and I, yes, as you said, I did f uh, co found a technology communication uh, company a few years ago that I, I'm no longer actively involved in. Uh, again, in that case, it was about dots communicating one, with one another, another. But um, in the case of, of this venture, it's really about using sensors because 
in order to be able to communicate, you have to be able to sense the the uh, the information and to be able to transmit it, and that's the core of what we're doing. So there's definitely a theme around communication, isn't there? And it's it's so nice to to have, I guess, such a powerful story as as a 15 year old, and you seeing that documentary and and feeling inspired to go and achieve the things that you've achieved. And it seems that you're very inquisitive, and obviously you you wanted to learn at that point and become a plastic surgeon because you saw that that best way to communicate. And I suppose now you're taking that one stage even further, and that now you're at that kind of frontier of you know the border between the known and the unknown of how we even appreciate human emotion and, and communication which I suppose is where you brought Graham into the conversation right? Absolutely that's right I mean I was lucky enough to be able to fund it some very very early prototypes because obviously as a plastic surgeon you, you can um, you know, earn a little bit of money and uh, I put much of that into the initial uh, R&D work that's kind of you know but I couldn't take it any further I had no real experience in technology companies and yeah, just uh, happens upon uh, Graham by, by chance, which was uh, very fortuitous indeed. <laughs> How did you guys meet? We, we, our kids go to the same school. So literally it was like a playground uh, meet and a conversation. Um, I mean, I'll let Graham tell you about his background, but yeah, he was, you know, he'd been incredibly successful uh, in the past and he'd had a background in software and security, a theme that I think is really, really important when we're talking about communication technologies. And Absolutely. Uh, his experience was, yeah, was uh, second to none, which is why, uh, I thought it was a really good fit. Awesome. And I guess over to you then, Graham. So tell tell us about you and, and everything that led you up to this point. Um, thank you, James. Uh, so, yeah, my my degree is in artificial intelligence from Edinburgh University from back in the, uh, um, in the 1990s. And my career has been built around uh, software development and consultancy uh, around the area of big data generally. So... Um, I built and ran a cybersecurity company uh, for uh, for many years that focused on uh, protecting the boundaries of uh, of company networks by filtering large quantities of data, looking for the uh, the needle in the haystack uh, that would indicate that a hack attack might be about to happen in the near future, so that we could put specialist um, expertise onto repelling attacks in real time. Um, I sold that company to um, a, 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 a global player in the field um, a few years ago and um, uh, took some time uh, away from technology where I was um, focused on my personal pursuit of, uh, of, of, of performance sport in triathlon, uh, developing a, a, a triathlon club and my coaching skills in um, in. in bringing my knowledge of uh, training and preparation for competition to others and also at the same time for uh, for my sins running a um, um, a, a film production company a movie production company where in which I made um, two feature films and uh, about six short films over the course of a oh, few wow. years yes uh, my <laughs> you're a man that likes to be busy Greg. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But I, I realized across that that you know uh, my my interest is in um, is in uh, driving performance from uh, teams and individuals, and looking for um, the, the 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 joy in doing so, looking for the creative spark that drives us all to success. Uh, I, I thought for a while that I would find that outside technology, but but you know my my entire life and career and and my waking thoughts are filled with uh, 
uh, technology development. And it wasn't long before I found myself back working on technology projects, which is roughly around the time that, that, that Charles and I started talking. Now, I've, I've had, you know, a, more, more directly beyond my um, interest in, um, in behavior management and, uh, and uh, performance development, I've had an interest in effective computing, uh, the study of affect, the, um, the readable signals of emotion. I've, I've been interested in since my undergraduate days when my um, undergraduate thesis was actually on uh, effective computing for uh, speech rather than um, rather than a um, physical emotional display, but nevertheless. And uh, li listening to Charles and his, um, the work that he'd already done on reading uh, facial cues for uh, facial paralysis, but also his deep thinking and uh, uh, understanding of the uh, causes and drivers for human emotional display and how that affects the beha behavior were just um, mind-blowing for me and uh, MTech became a mission uh, that had to succeed from almost those first conversations. Um, so we uh, put the company together back in uh, the end of 2015 now and we've had uh, so we've had over four years of working towards um, new ways of uh, measuring and integrating data and analyzing that data to have a better understanding of um, the effective state of an individual and to provide information that can actually be used to um, to drive uh, systems for behavioral management and change. And we're now in a very exciting place. And so, I mean, my next question was going to be, so why this podcast? But it seems like you've almost answered that in the sense that you guys are obviously both from different perspectives at this border between the known and the unknown of human emotion and human behavior. And obviously through MTech is where you've come together to build something which is, uh, you know, a, a vehicle which is going to help you do that and help us as a human race learn about these things, which will obviously have loads of knock-on effects to lots of different things and, and help us in healthcare amongst others, which is obviously so exciting. I mean, have I got that right? Why why have you built MTech, I suppose? And, and what are you hoping to do with it in, in the future? I mean, one of the things to say about what makes humans so unique is our ability to cooperate at scale. That is something that uh, is very rare in, in nature and has allowed us to ascend to the top of the, of, the, uh, uh, of the tree in terms of evolutionary stakes. And to do that, you need to be able to understand what the person uh, is experiencing, to empathize, and then to cooperate. Facial expressions evolve, you know, if you think about a baby, you know, it's, it's able to literally within seconds of, of being born to seek out faces in the environment around it, to lock onto the faces that it, it finds uh, appealing, that's its, its mother typically. And then very quickly afterwards to uh, learn expressions from the mother in terms of uh, smiling and expressing emotions when it's distressed, it will cry or frown. And that's how it communicates without speech, almost by form of uh, muscle telepathy to explain its needs uh, and its desires. And, and you know, when things go well, it gets more reinforcement. And if it's unhappy or it needs changing, or it's got pain, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it, it drives attention. And, and it's the more, almost, you know, because it's something that's around us, they say that, you know, that fish discover water last. Uh, you know, because it's something that we all have, we almost don't think about it. Uh, it's only when it's lost, which is what I experienced with my patients with facial palsy, that you really fully understand the implications of it. When a person's unable to communicate uh, or when their intentions become 
um, distorted. Um, you know, when a smile becomes a grimace and, and a person then shuts down the expressivity to try to minimize their, their facial asymmetry, then they, they uh, are treated differently by people. They often withdraw away from society. And we know that loneliness is actually a huge cause of, of, uh, of, of actually premature death. It actually, it's bigger than alcohol consumption and obesity uh, globally because we are a social species. And so from the perspective of healthcare, being able to improve uh, one's ability to communicate, to improve one's emotional interactions has a powerful role in uh, both mental health and physical health. Don't forget that those with chronic mental health conditions have a 20-year deficit in their life expectancy overall. Wow. And it, it then makes perfect sense as to why you guys would want to do a podcast to obviously educate people as to all of these different things, which are, you know, super fascinating from my perspective, you know, as a clinician myself, just hearing you, the way that you so eloquently describe how a baby communicates, for example, you know, the way muscle telepathy is a phrase, which is just wonderful. And it's true, you know, and it's, and it's, I suppose, so abstract to those of us that don't have a mechanism or a framework to understand it. And with you guys doing so much research in this space, there are so many people that are going to want to listen to this to understand more about what you guys do. So Graham, over to you then. I mean, you guys have come together really nicely with this complementary skill set in order to forward this boundary that we're at between the known and the unknown of, of human emotion. And you're you're obviously doing a project yourselves as Graham and Charles, you know, building something around this in MTech. Do you want to tell me a bit more about that? Absolutely. Thanks, James. The, this Podcast first and foremost is is absolutely not about MTech, but MTech provides the uh, the context in which Charles and I are working and reaching out to leading researchers and uh, implementers in in uh, emotions research and understanding around the world. And it provides us a, a fantastic platform to be able to bring this podcast to people. The work we're doing in MTech itself is looking to help researchers how to understand better how they can turn. Uh, emotional cues, emotion, objective measurements of, uh, of emotion and affect into usable data, into insights that can advance their research using a combination of virtual reality, uh, biometrics and machine learning. Uh, we've built a platform which we believe is the most ecologically uh, valid uh, and user-friendly solution that is available out there, so easier to collect data and uh, uh, and provides high quality uh, information, specifically in order to help researchers harness that data. Better data means better research, and that's our mission. Awesome. And I, for one, am, am so excited to guess, go on that learning journey with you. And it sounds like you've got an incredible network across this global ecosystem around everything that you do. And so to, to hear from those experts across the space, I'm sure will be incredibly fascinating. So who is this podcast for? So the podcast is targeted really at uh, both researchers and clinicians who are interested in the frontier of uh, understanding human behaviour. You know, we have this model where we take research done in a laboratory and then wonder why it doesn't necessarily translate into real life. And uh, what we're trying to do then is to say, well, what can we do to really properly understand human emotion by using objective measures rather than just relying on just questionnaires, uh, by using an environment that better uh, compares with real life scenarios so that the models are more, as I say, ecologically valid. 
and to uh, involve uh, specialists from all sorts of sectors, from neuropsychology and neuroscience, uh, who focus principally on things like EEG and uh, functional brain imaging, uh, eye tracking, um, uh, facial expression research, voice analysis, uh, people doing research in uh, both mental health, human-computer interaction, gaming, content analytics. There's a whole range, all of which are trying to understand human behavior. And obviously the best way to uh, to understand something is to observe it, and you observe it with uh, sensors to measure objectively what's going on. Amazing. And you guys have kindly brought me in to help you host the first four, of which this is the first one. So you and I, Graham, are talking on the next one, and myself and yourself, Charles, for the for the two after that. And so really looking forward to hearing all about what you guys are doing. And yeah, as I say, the the frontier, the border between the known and the unknown of human emotion, incredibly fascinating and exciting to be in. So gents, thanks so much for letting me ask the questions to you. And yeah, I uh, not only wish you all the best this podcast, but you've certainly gained a listener in me. So I look forward to it. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Emotion Lab. If you've enjoyed it, remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow us across social media to keep up with the latest in Emotion AI. Thanks.